Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church to make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. All right, so I want to talk to you about something that God has been speaking to me about recently, as recent as yesterday in our pastor's meeting. Saturday, we had a pastor's meeting yesterday. Jesus was there. My wife was there. And the apostle shared with us a word about the kingdom of God. And one of the scriptures that he read really hit home with me. And God just had it on my mind this whole time. And I just want to share it with you a little bit. The book of Mark chapter 2 starts telling a story of Jesus. And Jesus is coming to a city called Capernaum. What's the city called? Okay, you guys are with me. Capernaum. In this case, Jesus is going to someone's house. Some of you guys know the story. He goes into this person's house, which quickly got filled. You know, all the people started gossiping and saying, hey, Jesus is here, Jesus. And Jesus was doing a lot of mighty things during that time. So a lot of people filled the house quickly. That's when you guys remember that paralytic that was brought by four friends. Well, that's the story. It was all in a house, and it got filled quick. And when the paralytic got there, you know, there was no room. The Bible says that it was packed even outside the house. So they had to literally take them to the roof of the house, make a hole, bring them down, and Jesus healed them. You guys know the story. Now, if you go to Mark chapter 3, the next chapter, it starts off with Jesus entering the exclusive and elitist synagogue where everyone was watching him closely. Why were they watching him closely? Well, there was a man with a need. The Bible says that he had a withered hand. And Jesus was the healer. How many say amen? He still is the healer. In case somebody needs, we're, we're going to pray for breakthroughs tonight, yeah? I fall from God to pray for breakthroughs, whether it be financial or maybe in your body, you need a breakthrough, you need healing, you need, right? We're going to be praying for that tonight. But in this case, Jesus went to the church, to the synagogue, but the synagogue was a very exclusive to just Jews, right? Gentiles, the people that weren't Jews couldn't get in. And the ones that would go in were very exclusive people. So now he goes to this elite group of people and everybody's watching him to see what he's going to do and there comes a man with a withered hand and jesus went and it was the sabbath and verse five jesus calls the man forward and the bible says filled with anger but being grieved by the hardness of people's hearts he told the man stretch out your hand and when he stretched it it was completely healed instead of worrying about this man that he had a withered hand he had a problem in church instead of being joyful that the solution to that problem was among them. They were worried about whether Jesus was going to heal on the Sabbath or not. So chapter 2 of Mark, Jesus goes into somebody's house and preaches the gospel and heals the sick. Mark chapter 3, Jesus goes into the synagogue, right? Heals the sick, preaches the word. And now Mark chapter 4 begins with Jesus now teaching on the seaside. But this time on a boat in the calm and tideless sea of Tiberias. It was a, an inland sea, so there wasn't many waves. Jesus got on a boat, and he started teaching people from the boat. I love Jesus, and the reason why I made you see all these things, because Jesus was unpredictable. Jesus didn't just preach in the church. Jesus went into people's houses. Jesus preached in the synagogue. But Jesus also, you know, went to the beach and spoke to people on the beach. So I love it, and I want to just focus a little bit here in Mark chapter 4. He's talking to the mob, all right? He's talking to people that probably could never go into the synagogue because they weren't allowed. To the poor, to the needy, 
As Paul said in Romans 1.14, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. Sometimes we limit who we talk to Jesus about according to their social status or according to whether they're at the same level as I am and how many know every person that doesn't have Jesus in their hearts has a need. And the biggest need is called Jesus. Just Jesus could satisfy so many needs and so many problems that they're going through. So I love Jesus because he reached out to everybody. He would go to the synagogue and to all the upscale, right, all the Sadducees and the Pharisees. He would preach the word to them. But then he had simplicity of heart to go to the mob, to the unwanted, to the needy, and preach to them also in the beach. You got to love Jesus reaching everyone, everywhere, and every way possible. How many say amen? Now put your arms around the person next to you and tell them, you've been called to speak to everyone, everywhere, and every way possible. And I actually believe that Jesus preferred the streets over the pews. I think that Jesus preferred the streets. And God save us. God save us here in JTP Church from hiding in the comfort of these four walls and not touching the needs of the unchurched, the people that don't know Jesus. That's why I loved so much when we did the drive through prayer. And we didn't get as many cars as we would have wanted to to come in. But hey, the fact that they didn't come in didn't keep us from going out to the, where they were. And as Jesus, as Jesus, I just called you Jesus. As Jesus just uh, shared with us earlier, there was a lot of people that at the light, we were giving information about the church and just praying for them there at the red light and at the stoplight. So it was, it was amazing being able to go out to them. Service, services and sanctuaries and buildings are great. When you got people of vision that understand that our calling is to bring in the broken, bring in the thirsty, bring those that are tired and hurting. The Matthew Henry commentary, it says, Christ's carrying his doctrine into a ship and preaching it thence was a presage of his sending the gospel to the isles of the Gentiles and the shipping off of the kingdom of God, that rich cargo from the Jewish nation to be sent to a people that would bring forth more of the fruits of it. So Jesus preaching to the mob, Jesus preaching to the Gentiles was a sign of the grace of God being poured so far enough to reach you and me. Are you grateful for that or not? The love of God wasn't just for the Jews. He came to the Jews, the Bible says, but the Jews didn't accept them. And God's grace and mercy was so big that he didn't just want it for the Jews. He wanted it for every single person. All right, so enough with the intro. Let's dive in. Mark chapter 4, we're going to read verse 1 through 9. It says, And again, he began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teachings, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed, that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on the stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground. Everybody say good ground. And yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. And he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Pay attention to Jesus' words. 
he starts by saying, listen. And then he ends by saying, those who have ears, make sure you hear. It's like God trying to get their attention and say, look, listen, listen, pay attention to the word of God. Pay attention to what I'm trying to say. There's a big difference between hearing and listening. Hearing is simply the act of perceiving sound by the ear. I don't know how many guys here get their parents or their wives talking to you while you're watching a game, right? You hear this buzz going around, but you don't know what's going on, right? You just shake your head and you say, yeah, 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 yeah. She could be saying whatever, but you don't even know because you're into the game. You know, I'm just watching the Patriots, you know. Listening is totally different than just hearing. If you're not hearing impaired, hearing simply happens by default. You just hear. But listening is something you consciously choose to do. It's something that you make a decision to pay attention. Listening requires concentration so that your brain processes meaning from words and sentences. Like you guys are doing right now. It's like you guys aren't just here hearing mumbo-jumbo, I hope. You guys are here and you're paying attention to the words because you understand that it's, you're not listening to a words of a man. In this case, Pastor Jonathan Aguero, you guys are listening to the everlasting live word of God. So you're listening, you're, you're paying attention, you're comparing, you're saying, wow, what does this have to do with me? How do I relate to this in my daily walk? So God is telling him, listen, he starts the parable, Jesus does, by saying, listen, listen, pay attention to what I'm trying to tell you. James 1.22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. You see, if you just come to church to hear the word of God, then you're just a hearer, and the Bible says that you're deceiving your own self. In other words, you're wasting your time because God wants you to be a listener. And when you listen and pay attention and take notes and, and apply that, you turn into a doer. Come on, put your arm around the person next to you and tell them you're a doer. Declaring that, yeah. We're doers. We're not wasting our time here. We're not just hearers. You can come here and just hear me speak, or you can listen to God speak directly to you through his word. So back to the parable, I want you to pay attention to what happens next. Chapter 4 of Mark, we're going to read verse 10, all the way to verse 12. It says, but when he was alone, he stopped preaching to the multitudes, he finished the parables, he finished teaching, most of the people left. Everybody say, most of the people left. I pray that you're not one of those that leave. It says, those around him, those that stayed, with the 12, asked them about the parable. Jesus loves when people are hungry for his word. They don't stay satisfied with what they hear on a Sunday morning, but that they take it in their heart and they start to analyze it and say, God, speak to me directly. How can I apply this to my life? The multitudes left, but some people stuck with Jesus. And them, along with the 12, asked them, look, Jesus, tell us a little bit more. We didn't get the parable. And he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. I titled this message, Are You In or Are You Out? Are you inside? Or are you outside? Come on, why don't you ask your neighbor, tell him, are you in or are you out? 
At first glance, it can appear that Jesus doesn't want certain people in the kingdom of God or that he picks and chooses. But if you read carefully, you see that when he's talking about those that are outside and he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables. Who determines whether I'm going to be or whether one is going to be outside or inside? It's you. You're the one who determines whether you're going to be a hearer or a listener, a hearer or a doer, whether you're going to be in or whether you're going to be out. So one of the things that God ministered to my life is God is waiting to lift up a generation, not of just people that come to church on Sunday, but he wants to lift up a generation of people that are in, people that are not just satisfied of coming to church and then you just go living your life and church is just a little piece of other things that you do. But that every time that God speaks to your life, you give weight to his words because his words are weighty. His words demand attention. His words demand that you listen. So those who are outside, all things come in parables. That's not the case. You see, it, it is you and I who decide whether we are in or whether we are out. To those that are thirsty and come to the well, they shall find rivers of living water. I love when people come with a thousand problems, but they come to the well. He accepts them all. How many say amen? To those that are burdened, to those that are weary, they will find rest. But if you're on the outside looking in, if you're just looking at whether or not Jesus is going to heal in the Sabbath, if you're just looking to see the faults of those serving alongside you, or you're just looking from the outside and hearing from afar, if you're just on the bleachers, but you're not playing in the game, then Jesus is calling you tonight to dive in a little bit deeper. He's calling you to be in, to be inside. He wants you to be part of the kingdom of God. He was speaking from the boat in the sea, and people loved Jesus because of all the things that he would do. He would satisfy the needs of the needy. How many say amen? He would heal the sick. He would, but when it came down to being in the kingdom of God, a lot of people turned away, and after he finished teaching by parables, you know, people would leave. But I love it that it says, not just the 12. It says, and those around him with the 12. So it wasn't just 12. There was a lot of people that also wanted to know more. And I pray that every single person that comes in here through JTP Church would always want more of Jesus. Want to know more of his presence. Not just information but want to dive in deep when you're alone in your home, seeking God in your secret place, and you're, you're needing revelation. God, reveal to me what this word means, and you go and you search more, and you, you scrape, and you want to get more from God. That's the type of people that God is looking for. Jesus goes on to explain the parable for the ones that were in, the ones that were on the inside. The ones that were in represent those who are open to listen and obey his words. In Mark chapter 4, now verse 13, he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? The sower sows the word. So we get into the parable. And as you guys know, the parable talks about sowing seeds. It's about a, a guy that goes out to sow seeds, and the seed represents the word of God. You see, you come here on a Sunday night like today, and what you're receiving from God through this vessel is seeds. You could just do away with the seeds or you can let the seed 
germinate and come into you and, and bear fruit. This parable talks about seeds. The sower is throwing seeds. He's sowing. He's sowing. And the seeds fall in four different types of soil. Every single person represents a certain type of soil. Let's see what these four different types of soils are and how they differ. Soil number one, it talks about the wayside. Everybody say wayside. In verse 15, it says, And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. So here comes a sower. He has a bunch of seeds, and he's sowing seeds, and, and part of the seed falls on the wayside. And what does that represent? That represents people in church. It's talking about people that hear the word. Everybody say, hear the word. You'll notice that in all these four scenarios and in all these four cases, they're all people that listen to the word. It's talking about people that come to church and listen to the word. What's going on with these seeds that fall on the wayside? The Bible says that they listen to the word, but immediately Satan comes and steals the word. And that's like when you come to church and you listen to a word, but at the same time, immediately a doubt comes in your mind. Or you start saying, I don't believe that. Or you start saying, I don't receive that. And let me tell you what happens when you allow that thought and you give it an opportunity to grow inside of you. Because the Bible says that the kingdom of God is a kingdom of faith. How many say amen? And faith is just believing. Sometimes we want to know exactly how God functions and why he does things. And, and we want to know the mathematics of God. And we want to know how God. And we try to reason everything. And the kingdom of God, man, you got to be a child to understand it. I told Luca something it doesn't matter how impossible it is. He's going to believe me. Because if daddy says it, he's going to do it. Right? Because he just believes. He, he's not calculating, saying, okay, dad, let me see. Uh, a little suspicious there. Uh, we're going to Disney World now, and don't you got to work? Or, you know what I mean? But he just believes it. And the Bible says that we have to be like children to enter the kingdom of God. So sometimes God says, tithe, and I will open the floodgates of heaven, and I'll rebuke the devourer. And you're like, the church just wants my money. You know what I mean? Or forgive. Forgive those who offended you so you could be set free. And you're like, that guy hurt me so much and I have to forgive him? After all, he, we received the word, but those seeds fall on the wayside. And the Bible says immediately that you receive the word of God, Satan comes and steals it. I know that here in JTP Church, we have none of these type of people that are soils that fell on the wayside, right? No wayside in here. The second type of soil is stony ground. Everybody say stony ground. Verse 16 says, These likewise are the ones sown on, on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately they receive it with gladness. Now check this out. This is different from the other case because the other case, the one on the wayside, the seeds that fall on the wayside, immediately that they heard the word, Satan came, brought doubt, and canceled the power of the word in their lives. So they didn't see the fruit of the word. Because the word has power. How many say amen? Yeah. Has transforming power. Has wonder-working power. But this one is different. When they hear the word, they receive it with gladness. That's what I needed, God. That's the word that I needed. How many of you guys have come to church probably with problems or with a situation, and God gave you a specific word, and your heart was open, and you received it? 
right? And you felt glad. That, man, that's exactly what I needed today. And God satisfied that need through that word that he sent through his vessel. Well, that's the stony ground. But look what happens afterwards, verse 17. The problem, even though they receive it with gladness, is that they have no root in themselves. And so they endure only for a time. Everybody say, only for a season. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. So they come, they receive the word, they're glad, and you see them here on church excited. A month later, you don't see them in church. What happened to so-and-so? They were so glad, and you start hearing about that they're going through a lot of situations, and instead of grabbing a stronger hold of the word of God and of God's promises, what they do is they tend to, why? Because they weren't rooted. My front yard, it's a work in progress. <laughs> Carly's like shaking her head. That's our next project. Our landscaping is terrible, guys, terrible. She says, babe, we got to do something about our landscaping. People pass by and they're going to think this house is abandoned. It's a foreclosure. <laughs> it's, it's our next project, okay? It's coming soon. One of the things about my front yard is that there's not a lot of soil. It's what they use for construction material, right? So I remember my father a couple of years ago, he gave me a, a European palm, which was a little palm like this. I planted it, waited two years, and never grew. Never grew. Why? It couldn't get rooted. There was no soil for it to get rooted. When your roots are not deep enough, any wind can come and just blow you away. When you're not rooted in a church, when you don't understand that God puts you in a place so that you could draw roots, so you could become fruitful, and we're going to see that now in a little bit, you could receive the word with gladness. I've seen so many people in the 32 years of ministry that we've had here since JTP started, I've seen so many people come and go and sometimes start with such strength, but because they weren't rooted, the minute adversity hit, or sometimes even for little situations that somebody in the church probably looked at them wrong or was so preoccupied with things that they passed by them and didn't say hi, they're like, oh, there's no love in this church, and they left. Why? Because they weren't rooted. They weren't rooted. Everybody say stony, the stony ground. God doesn't want us to be stony ground. He doesn't want us to be the seeds that fell on the wayside. So these, as soon as their faith starts being tested, they immediately stumble. They only endure for a bit. They are nomadic in nature. They're here today. They're gone tomorrow. You see them in church for a few months, and then they're gone. The third type of soil is thorns. Everybody say thorns. Verse 18, it says, Now these are the ones sown among thorns. These are the ones who once again hear the word, and verse 19, it says, And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in, choke the word. They receive the word. They hear it. But then all these other things, these three things, notice that it talks about three thorns here, all right, that end up choking up the word. The word is powerful. The word sets you free. The word allows you to live in freedom, in, in prosperity. But these three thorns choke the word. And what are these three thorns? Number one, the cares of this world. Everybody say the cares of this world. Your personal stuff, your career, your plans, your dreams, they get in the way with what God wants to do in your life and choke the word and choke the word. The deceitfulness of riches, 
You know, I've seen this repeated so many times. People come here and say, God, give me, give me a job. Give me a business. God, prosper me. Help me. The minute God opens the doors, you don't see them anymore in church. They're like gone. They're like, see you. Well, it's talking a little bit about that. And then the third thing, the third thorn is the desires for other things. So all these things, you know, sometimes we don't, we don't realize that God demands first place in our lives above everything, family, even our own personal stuff. How many of you guys have dreams? Raise your hands. All right, everyone here has dreams. I'll guarantee you that some of those dreams are God-given dreams. And you can never reach those dreams unless God is with you, unless you don't allow that word to be choked, right? And there's other dreams that are personal dreams that maybe God is not involved in them, but I guarantee in those cases that God has even better dreams for you than what you could ever dream for yourself. But you have to trust God, and that's part of living in faith, understanding that, you know, God's way is always the best way, and he's the one that's going to open a path for you. I don't have this in my notes, but if you guys could help me on the screens, Luke chapter 14, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things. We're talking about these three thorns, right? And there's a parable called the parable of the great supper that has a lot to do with this. And I, I want you guys to pay attention to this. Luke chapter 14, we're going to read from 15 all the way to 24. Now, when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said, blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, a certain man, and Jesus starts telling another parable, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many. This is Jesus. He's the great man. How many say amen? And he invited all of us to the supper. He sent a servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, hey, come for all things are ready now. The supper is ready. Come on. And look what happened. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. I think that the thorns, the thorns are when we make excuses. And look what it says. The first guy said to him, well, I, you know, I bought a piece of ground, I bought land, and I, I got to go see it. I asked that you have me, please excuse me, I'm not going to be able to make the supper because I got this land that I just bought, I got to go check it out. Another one said, well, I, I bought five yoke of oxen, I bought a business, right? Bought a business and I'm going to have to test them and please have me excused because I got too many things going on with my business. Still another said, well, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. And look what it says in verse 21 through 24. So that servant came and he reported all these things to the master. And then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and there's still room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Verse 24 says, For I say to you, pay attention to this, that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. So Jesus prepared, this is also a parable that has to do with the Jews because Jesus came, right, to save the Jews, his people, but the Jews did not receive him. So then he went out to the Gentiles. But also, this is the case of when God wants to use us and when the, the seed of the gospel is sown into us. It's sown into our hearts or we come to church and God speaks to us, but we have excuses. Uh, you know, I can't start the forward movement. I can't get into the process. I can't open my HOB, God, because look, my business 
Because look, God, I have, I have family or because I have this. And we start giving a bunch of excuses. And man, this word is hard, but it says that none of those who were originally invited shall taste my supper. How many of you guys want to taste that supper? Let me tell you, that's the best brunch in the world. You don't want to miss out on that. But it talks to us about these thorns. Tell the person next to you, be careful with the thorns. They choke you. They choke you. You receive it with gladness. You come to church, but then you got so many things going on. And God is just a little piece of your life when he wants to be the center of everything that you are. But you know what? Here in JTP, we're all the fourth kind of soil. Amen? The fourth kind of soil is good ground. Everybody say good ground. Come on. Put your arms around the person next to you and prophesy over their lives and declare you are good ground. Tell them, you have always been and you will always be good ground. Verse 20. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Just like all the other types of ground, they heard the word, but the difference is that they accepted. They didn't let doubt in. They didn't give excuses to get involved and to be, be part of the kingdom of God. They accepted it and they bared fruit. Some of them, 30-fold. They were multiplied. Everything they touched times 30. Some times 60. And others times 100. Everybody say fruitful. Fruitful. Don't settle for being a 30 when you could be 100. Don't settle for being a 60 when you could be 100. Fruitful. Don't settle for less than the most that God has called you to be. It's the whole thing about it. If you're in God's purpose, you would always be fruitful in everything. You have to understand that as people of God, it is God's nature to be fruitful. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God created the stars, and God created creation, created mankind. Be fruitful and multiply, and we have got more than 7 billion people on this earth. So wherever God is, there's fruitfulness, there's multiplication. You can't accept to have lack in your life if you're a person that's good soil. If you're hearing the word of God and applying it and doing the best that you can to live a godly life, it's got to get to a point where you say, God, what's going on in my life? Why am I not being fruitful in my HOB? Why am I not being fruitful in my finances? Why is my family relationship not being fruitful? And I'm not getting along. And I'm, what's going on? And you have to get tired of the situation because the Bible says that the seeds that fall on good ground or on good soil, they hear the word, they accept it, and they bear fruit. Some more than others, but every single seed that falls on good soil bears fruit. Amen? Notice the difference with this group. They hear the word and they accept it. They accept it. I love people that when they hear the word, just the fact that if it's in the Bible, man, look, don't question it. Just believe it because doubt can just ruin everything that that seed had meant to do in your life. When you listen to the word of God, just accept it. It's the truth. It's the truth. How many say amen? When you believe God's worth and faith, you will become fruitful, fruitful in your relationships, fruitful in your business. Fruitful in your calling, fruitful in every season, no matter where you are. You guys remember Joseph? He was good soil. Went through a lot of things, but wherever he landed, he was fruitful. Fruitful in the house of Potiphar. Fruitful 
in jail, fruitful as the second in command. Wherever he landed, he was fruitful. So it doesn't matter where you are in life. If you're good soil and if you listen to the word and you hear it and you accept it, man, wherever you are, you're going to bear fruit 30, 60, and, you know, eventually a hundredfold, if you believe it. You see, it has nothing to do with God. The table is set for you. God has already blessed you. And we've talked about this with every kind of blessing in spiritual places. God has already gift wrapped everything that you could ever need in life. It's up to you what you do. What is your attitude every time you come to church? What is your attitude when you open up your eyes on Monday morning and you get ready to start your day? Are you a dependent being or do you go out and think you can do everything on your own without the favor of God? When you're cautious and you're humble enough to understand that I need the hand of God to move in my life every single day, in every decision. And, and, and I don't consider myself that I can do all things. On the contrary, I need God through you. I can do all things like we just sang, but it's not in my power. Come, I listen. I listen to the word. I accept the word, and that changes me. It gives me a perspective of where I have to point towards, of what I have to do, right? I come here, you listen to a word like the apostle gave this morning, and man, it just encourages you. Say, well, I'm not going to live in bondage in Jesus' name. Jesus broke the curse, so why should I have to live with it in Jesus' name? You take authority, and you start believing the word. And then, if you believe it and accept it, you bear fruit. Fruitful in every season no matter where you are, just like Joseph. I'm fruitful in seasons of trial. I remain fruitful in the midst of pain. I'm fruitful when injustice is done unto me. I'm fruitful when my own blood rejects me, just like his case. I'm fruitful in every season, at every moment, when I am good ground, when I hear the word and accept it. And you know what I love about this parable, the parable of the sower, is that we start out being soil, but if you're fruitful... And if you're good ground, you end up being the sower. If you're good ground, the word starts abiding in you, and you start growing, and it starts manifesting in you, favor of God. You start bearing fruits. But you know, you start bearing fruits so much that you got to give it away. That's what the Bible says, right? God blesses you so much that then you become the sower. And then you have the seeds, and you start sowing. And you know what? You can never give up because your seeds are sometimes going to fall in the wayside. Some of your seeds are going to fall on stony ground. Some of the seeds that you plant are going to fall, you know, among thorns. But there's some seeds that you sow that are going to fall on good soil, on good ground. How many say amen to that? Stand on your feet today. God is such a good God. Yes, sir. God is so good, he can, in just a second... He can transfer you from stony ground into good soil. There's nothing impossible for God. We can come to church for years and for decades, and when it's the Holy Spirit time or when you have your heart open, God can just minister to you a word that just shakes you out of that spiritual apathy that you're in. You could probably say, wow, man, I've been missing out on because I doubt so many things about the word of God. I doubt so many things. I'm not rooted in my church. I, I come, but I'm not rooted. I'm not being a part of the vision. I'm not, the church cannot count on me because I, I'm just, I'm in the bleachers. So I'm not playing the game. But once you humble yourself, man, that's all God needs to grab you from stony ground. And he has the power to do that. Scoop up the seed in stony ground or in the thorns or on the wayside and just 
plant you on good soil if you're willing. And it's not going to take long for you to start bearing fruit. If you're not bearing fruit in what you're doing in your personal life, if you're not bearing fruit in your family life, if you're not bearing fruit financially, if you're not bearing fruit in your ministry and what God's called you to do, you know what? Start paying attention to what you do with the word that you hear. Are you hearing or are you listening? Close your eyes there where you are. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity that you've given me once again to share your word to these beautiful people that have been called with such high purpose and such a, a great calling, God. We don't want to take that for granted. We understand the responsibility of your calling. We understand the responsibility, God, of caring and not just us being good soil to, to be able to bear fruit, but also, God, us as sowers to be able to take what we've received and the grace that has been given to us and share it with the world, God. In Jesus' name, I pray that you minister to every single heart in this place, to every single person here, that as I was sharing your word, in their minds they were analyzing, well, you know, which soil do I represent? Am I the wayside? Am I the seed that fell on good ground? Am I the seed that fell on stony ground? Or am I the seed that fell among thorns? God, well, who am I? God, I pray that you minister to their lives, God. And if change is needed, God, give them the humility and give them an open heart to be able to say, God, not one more day is going to pass. I refuse to be unfruitful for one more day of my life. Starting now, I declare that the fruitfulness of the kingdom of God is going to start to be evident in everything I do and everything I touch. I declare the Joseph anointing over their lives in Jesus' name. And that seed will prosper. And that seed, God, will be sown into many seeds and many lives will be transformed. I declare it. A whole generation will be transformed in Jesus' name because of diligence in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can you give God praise? Come on. We are the ones who decide what soil we are. So if you have to make some changes, start making some changes. Start giving the word of God more value. When you come here, have an open heart to receive what God is speaking to you. Take notes. Today, before you go to sleep, God, what were you trying to tell me in the service today, right? Instead of going to sleep watching ESPN or, or, you know, I don't know, whatever you do at night, la novela. You just connect with God and say, God, what were you trying to tell me? And you'll see that you're going to be fruitful in everything you do. How many say amen? You believe it?